0: Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. I'm Justin Sloan.
1: And I'm Paul Zeidman. And once again, just the Justin and Paul show today. Yes. All right. How is everything with you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, We've got a couple of topics we want to cover today. Uh, But first, let's get to the anything we've been reading or watching lately.
0: Sure, yeah. I watched A Scandal in Paris, an old movie from
1: 1946. Have you seen that? Uh, no. What? Okay. Scandal in Paris, 1946. <laughs> what is it about? Or who is in it? Let's start with that. Uh, directed by
0: Douglas Sirk, who's one ah, of the okay. yeah original Gs. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, uh, let me see who's in it. It's a uh, george sanders i don't know these people's names but they are awesome it's a it's a great movie it's like sometimes some of the black and white movies from the 40s and stuff are a little hard for me to get into Mm -hmm. this one right off the bat it was like quirky fun it was engaging it's it's fun yeah i I recommend it so i'm taking classes right now like i'm taking a class on uh it's called artists and directors and so this one's looking at um him and uh billy wilder And Mm. so we're going to be looking at different movies from each of them every week and talking about them and writing up little papers and stuff. And So, yeah, a lot of fun.
1: I I, I do know Douglas Circa. He kind of did like almost like film versions of soap operas. Is kind of how I'm kind of familiar with it. But Billy Wilder, I love Billy Wilder. His stuff is great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I look forward to this over the next few weeks or months as I discuss as we do these little. What have we been watching? I'll be throwing some of those out there. I'm sure.
1: Nice, very nice. How about uh, you? Anything exciting? Uh, yeah. So, uh, there's a couple of the. Academy Award nominations. Uh, Those came out, I think, last or earlier this week. I want to say, if I'm wrong, don't worry about it. Uh, But some of the films are already available on uh, like Netflix. Like we watched Tick Tick Boom. That was pretty good. Uh, Andrew Garfield did a great job with that. And also, um, my wife saw it in the theaters, but she really wanted me to watch it too. So we watched The Tragedy of Macbeth. That's on Apple TV. She loves it. I was kind of not as impressed with it, but also that she loves the play Macbeth to begin with. So I'm not as familiar with it, so I didn't know the story as well. But I think the acting is phenomenal and it looks great. It's fantastic cinematography. And um, what was really cool, my wife said that if you watch it from this perspective, like it's almost presented almost like a horror movie because it's all it's very stark and gorgeous black and white. And the way the story plays out and everything. And she just loves it. And again, (laughs) I was like, "Eh, it was okay. (laughs) I'm glad I watched it with you, but I don't need to see it again. And that's okay yeah interesting
0: cool good stuff all right so we have some things to talk about today uh in recent news uh well let's go with the screenplay stuff first sure. uh, well i'll tell i'll give a little hint for people who are wondering so i pitched a studio uh, and that's exciting so we'll talk about that and other things going on in our lives but first some screenplay talk
1: uh, yeah, so a uh, couple of the big contests uh, opened up their entries this week. I know Paige and Austin did. I'm still kind of on the fence about Austin. And Paige, I decided, you know what? This script I have, I'm 0 for 5 with it. And I thought, okay. And last year, I skipped contests completely. But this year I said, okay, I'm just going to give it one last chance. So I sent in my script. If it does well, great. If not, I don't think I'm going to be doing that contest anymore. That was Paige. Um, and Austin... Uh, Again, still on the fence about that, but I got you and I both been readers for them, and I got an email from them. Oh gosh, I want to say maybe two two and a half weeks ago, saying that this past Saturday they were going to have a special Zoom call for readers, and they said they were going to have some exciting new changes. Now, uh, you probably saw this from last year's contest that they had like fourteen thousand entries total, and a lot of the notes that people were getting back were very very. Bad, very low quality, and just really lousy notes. And I think a lot of people were very upset about that. And boy, and screenwriting Twitter was just on fire about that. People just complaining and saying, oh, this is such a ripoff. You know, the, with all of these entries, you think they could afford better readers, but they don't pay readers to begin with. It's all about acquiring credit and putting that towards if you actually attend the festival. And so this is going to be a bit of a roundabout thing. But the Nickel, I don't think they're open yet, but they announced that you can only enter one script, just one. You can't send in two, you can't send in three, just one. And I was really thinking that Austin was going to do that as well. But I haven't seen anybody talking about that because, Mm. again, I missed this call. I wasn't going to be signed up to be a reader anyway, because a lot of the scripts that I've read in the past were just bad, just really lousy scripts. And I just didn't want to have to put myself through that kind of aggravation again. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that Austin is saying, OK, we're going to we're going to follow the nickels example and you can only enter one script. But Paige didn't say that either. So I am very curious to find out what um, Austin is going to do. And I don't know if I'm going to enter the nickel either, because, uh, again, same script. It's the best it's done with them is um, top 15 percent which is which is not bad but you know it's still not quarterfinals but so again contest season underway and a few of the contests taking a slightly different approach to it this year
0: yeah it's interesting i am i'm curious to see what will happen for sure uh so yeah
1: are you planning on entering any of those nah i'm kind of over the whole thing with that
0: like Mm -hmm. as interesting as it is when you're starting off and like you're like yay it's like a ticket um I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> I've gotten to the mental spot where I believe that it's so much smarter to just go out there and target specific people who have a mm-hmm. chance of actually wanting to buy and make your script.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I have a, fr- a friend of mine, he's actually based out of Australia. He his script has done his won like the top prize at Austin twice. I think one was for TV and the other one I want to say was for science fiction last year and I sent him an email uh, maybe about a month ago saying hey you know how's it going and because i knew he had done well in Austin you know, have any results of that and he said big fat zero that you know he had sent the script to uh, some production companies and queried some agents managers and people read it said yeah it's good but it's just not something any I can really do anything with and so he he went through this the last time with the first win that it got a little buzz, but really didn't yield any results. But he still entered the script again, You know, did well again, but again, no real attraction with it. And he's just really frustrated. And he he keeps going back and forth if he wants to keep writing again. And I said, no, you're a great writer. You should keep writing, but maybe contests are not the, the, the answer. It's not the final solution to what you're trying to accomplish. You just really need to figure out what it is you want to do. You've got these scripts. What can you do with them on your own? Just like you said, you know, contests contest might not just be the way to go anymore.
0: Yeah. It was, when they're getting so many entries and it's just like such a crapshoot and you're just hoping that the right random 20-year-old readers hope, happen to find yours that work. And you No, know, I think it's way better to find yourself a manager who knows who would be the appropriate reader for that. And then that manager gets them into the right hands. Uh, just so much smarter.
1: <laughs> you know, and also you yeah. save a lot more money because, you know, those fees really add up. I've I've done this myself before yeah. and it's rather, I'd rather spend the money on something that I have control over rather than just, you know, what amounts to throwing it down the drain.
0: Exactly. I would recommend that people take that same amount of money and go out there and instead uh, pay for some screenwriting classes or something to get better or pay for some gas money to go to networking events or whatever it
1: is or to invest it and make your own short (laughs) yeah
0: make your own film learn from that process because that's a a big process that definitely helps people get better at their writing so seeing what goes into a movie and all that Mm um yeah so so but that is to say i mean all that said people do succeed in the screenwriting business Uh, sometimes the people who win that makes their career and I know personally people who've had that happen. So, yeah, as much as I hate on it, of course, there's still that. And uh, I don't know, maybe if I ever have a screenplay that feels like a nickel type type screenplay, I'll still enter it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm not supportive of that industry. I, to- I totally get <laughs> that.
1: I totally get that.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, uh, So we don't know what the Austin news is, huh?
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything yet and haven't gotten any emails about any kind of update. So it'll be interesting to see, hopefully some kind of announcements or news will come out in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's keep our ears to the, what's the grapevine ears to the ground. I think it is,
1: <laughs> or we at least keep our ears open. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, cool. So anything else on those?
0: We're, no, were no about, that, oh, yeah. that
1: was really that was really just it. I just uh, I think good on the nickel for limiting it to one script per person because I think that will really help them in the long run with being able to do a better job at evaluating the quality of their entries. Yeah,
0: and when I was starting off, I would always be excited to enter two or three or whatever it was. And um, but I think in reality, like it's going to be smart for the for people like us too because people are just sending money. I mean, it was pretty cheap, like thirty five bucks or whatever but you're still spending money on something that like, if you don't know which screenplay is probably going to be the better nickel winner, you're probably not
1: at the point where you're ready to, to be a nickel winner, I, I would guess. <laughs> well, and also, like, two awesome scripts. but Well, and also eh. keep in mind the nickel granted, like, how Austin gets 14,000 entries, the nickel, they get around what, 7,500 to 8,000 entries. And you're vying for one of the top five slots. Yeah. So the odds are already <laughs> stacked against you to begin with. So I don't think sending in three scripts is going to really increase your odds no. that much.
0: Exactly. I mean, there was like the validation, like early on I would send in these, like there was one that I don't really do anything with anymore. Unfortunately, I should find it. But it was like, it did the best out of those three and I wouldn't have known it was going to do the best. So in hindsight, I see how you could use that as like a you know justification for putting more energy into one of your scripts over the others or something. But there's better ways to do that with writing groups and other things like that.
1: (laughs) Well, again, but again, you never know what is going to hit with whom. So yeah, exactly. You do what, you do everything you can with everything you've got. Yes, yes. So speaking of doing everything you can, uh, you've been a little busy on uh, your front as well. For sure. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I had that pitch and that
0: was awesome. And so let's go back in time a little bit, like a year ago, year and a half, I don't remember. I pitched manager or queried manager. I'm always in the, or always was in the process of querying managers. Uh, I would take breaks here and there. And then like, I got really into the novels for a while because the novels were making me insane amounts of money. And that was awesome. Uh, but then, uh, they kind of started dying down, especially around COVID. They really died down around COVID. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, oh, I better get some sample screenplays ready to go for the next round of contests and, or querying managers and, or showing to producers or, so that when I'm in the room, I have stuff ready to go. Right. And so I buckled down and I wrote three samples that I thought were fun and sent the one around that I, uh, my readers, like my friends who read it were most excited about. And that got a couple managers interested and I landed with one of them and so that's who i'm with right now and she's kathy Muraviov sorry kathy i don't know how to say your last name <laughs> <laughs> but i think i got it and uh yeah so she's not with one of the big eight companies she's by herself but uh but she's been really cool she's been sending it around and getting me meetings and whatnot so i did the pitch with a big studio i don't i won't say who yet because i don't know what the deal is with it or anything like we just did it what a week ago and so I'll waiting to hear back uh they requested the material which was cool and uh it's based on a book of mine and I have the script written for it. And so now they're we sent both of those over. So we'll see if anything comes out of it. I'm always curious, like in the past we've talked about writing pitch conferences and stuff and how I feel like a lot of times people just say yes to be nice. I imagine that's not the case with studios. Like if they're bored and think it's not going to be for them, they would say so. I hope I At would imagine. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my, my impression with pitch conferences a lot of times is it's like assistants and random people who are, Like, they won't say yes to everything, but, you know, if there's like a 50, if it's above, I don't know, 50% chance that it, it resonates with them, they'll just say yes and then leave it all to the writing. Uh, so I'm curious how these things work out. Well, I, I
1: just want to interject really quick that I, when I was starting out, I went to a couple of those uh, pitch fest type of things down in LA, and there was one experience that it was probably a very junior level person, maybe even an intern or just a step above intern. And this guy just looked like he was ready to say no as soon as I opened my mouth, and he pretty much <laughs> did. That right. I got into like the first sentence of my pitch, he said, "Well, we already have a story like that." I said, "But that's not what the story is about," and I really wanted to say, like, you know. Can you at least give me a chance here? Can you at least yeah. listen to what I have to say before you just say no? And yeah. so, but please continue. Uh,
0: yeah, well, so um, I don't know if you're interested. Well, yeah, I'll go through the process of what the pitch was like. So I practiced, I rehearsed, I did all that fun stuff. I listened to people who were talking about, you know, go in there with first starting off why this is important to you, and then kind of the log line, then go into the characters and then don't just lay out the beats of the story, but really tell the emotional journey of mm-hmm. the why this is happening on the emotional character level. Uh, And so that's what I focused on. And uh, it was a zoom or Google meet or whatever pitch session because COVID and all that stuff, which made me happy because the studio is across town. I didn't want to be driving through LA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it took some of the pressure off me too. Like maybe if I was really there, it would have been a little more stressful, but as it went, we just had a great conversation. I think my pitch lasted. It wasn't a super long one. It's a seven to 10 minutes, somewhere in that range. Uh, pitch and then he asked some questions and then Mm -hmm. I answered and and then he requested the material and we talked a little bit more just about random stuff and it was awesome. So the whole thing lasted like half an hour.
1: That's great. So how did you practice though? You said you practiced, did you do it in front of a mirror? Did you do it in front of your family or at least your wife? Mm, Yeah, the pitch prep. So so what I did is I
0: did lay it out on cards for myself. So like first I pulled up a PowerPoint presentation or Google slides and prepared it that way with words and images. And then I took off the words from the images and just tried to run through it. And I was horrible. Like I recorded myself on my phone to see how I would do <laughs> So bad. I was like, what if I just wing it? Nope. That's not good. <laughs> oh bad. No, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. So then I wrote out exactly what I thought I would say on in a word document. And then I went through and read that to myself a couple times while recording. And then I listened to that. And then I went through and did kind of the same thing, but with less on there. So like I left the key phrases. And then I went through and wrote like a few words for each of those parts on note cards and then tried doing it that way. And then and then started doing it without the note cards. And then by the end of the very end, just to like so I would know how it would flow. I did the same thing uh, without note cards, but with the PowerPoint presentation images for myself that I might show him during the pitch. Um, and, and, and I felt pretty good at that point. Like I wasn't like flowing great, but I was flowing as well as Justin flows. So
1: <laughs> how, long, how long did it take you to go through this whole prep process?
0: Uh, well, I, I mean, by the, I didn't really start it until about a week or two before this, the pitch. And then I would just do it here and there as I felt, excited about it
1: <laughs> just so just a little bit each day type of thing
0: yeah yeah just like a little bit here and there each day uh and then like maybe half an hour to an hour and then i'd like listen to in the evening when i was getting dinner ready for the family
1: Sure. And then i sure. have a
0: mentor who's cool i don't know if he wants me to mention him so i won't yet he calls me later and says hey you me next time <laughs> but he's awesome he met with me for coffee and i kind of talked through with him i didn't do the pitch to him i just talked through what i was thinking about saying and how i was going to approach it he gave me some good advice and that was awesome. And he gave me some good uh, input on the Word doc version that I did of it, where I wrote out what I thought I would say. And um, reminded me that at certain times I was getting a little bit too this is what's happening versus the emotional, why sure. it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so that was super. It's very, super, very helpful to have somebody who knows what they're talking about, who can remind you of those points that you probably know, but don't think about when you're just trying to do it yourself.
1: Yeah. So if you get a call, say, Sunday night, from Kathy Moravioff, and she says, oh, they want to, they want you to pitch it again tomorrow. Would you be able to just kind of go and jump right into it? Do you need to give yourself about an hour that night and then the next morning prep time, and then you're all set for the afternoon? Or are you so confident that you know it pretty much by hand or by, uh, by memory that you could just jump right into it? Yeah, I think I'd be good.
0: Uh, I think it wouldn't be a problem um well to to your last point though i do think i would want to go and review my information again and probably run through it once or twice just to like you know not be an idiot and go in there without uh because if i didn't do that then i'd go in there and then blame myself if it went wrong you know of course course. (laughs) yeah i think i would do that even if i felt confident
1: no i have heard this before so after you go through your pitch and the person came back to you they had questions were you able to answer them without any problem Did you just, were you able to address them? Oh yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Or did you, was it like a conversation type of thing or was it just more, they had questions and you were able to rattle off the answers immediately?
0: Yeah. So he had questions and I had answers. So I had prepared like all kinds of different uh, scenarios as well that he didn't ask like about like the theme and the, each of the character arcs. And I probably briefly touched on that stuff when I was talking, Mm -hmm. but, uh, like I had extra, I had, the episode summaries and season one and, or season two and three summaries and stuff and we didn't get too much in the weeds of all that he asked like some basics and i probably threw out a couple as i was talking anyway sure but uh yeah no it seemed to flow it was really cool too so this was just me and him the creative guy over there uh creative development person uh senior level which was nice and uh and he wasn't like trying to stump me or anything like that he was just very much nice having a conversation cool dude um you know i've heard of other pitch sessions where there's like four or five people in the room and then it's weirder because you got to try to make eye contact with everybody and keep them all engaged or i've heard that sometimes on the good side you go in there with a producer who's on your side who helps you pitch and you kind of go back and forth with them as you pitch it but uh but i enjoyed this one-on-one i think i prefer this method
1: that's cool. Did he seem really engaged as you were doing your pitch? Was he very, you were holding his attention that his eyes didn't drift away? He wasn't, you know, checking email or anything?
0: (laughs) Yeah, from what I could see, I think there was one point in there where uh, I noticed like a shift in his attention or something. So I just kind of uh, shifted my own focus as well. And um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but like as I was doing it, I was kind of checking to see if he wanted to interject. So like I pitched him up to the point of the log line. And then I said, and I'm happy to dive in uh, to to what I see the episode being. And he just gave me like a a nice nod and said like, yeah, please. And then so I went in from there. Um, So like I gave little moments like that where he could ask if he wanted to or interject or tell me to shut up. It sucks. Go home. (laughs) But luckily, none of that happened.
1: So I, I would imagine when it started, you were maybe a little nervous. But as you went on, you got a little more at ease and you were very excited about it he could tell how into the story you were because a lot of times writers get too wrapped up in things and that they get they let the adrenaline get the best of them and sometimes they go too fast or they just start rattling off things by memory and not really trying to make it seem personable it's more just like here's my stuff here's my stuff okay what do you think
0: yeah yeah no and I totally like I said he very much like guided me in there which was nice like before the call started, he was five minutes late because of stuff going on. And my heart was already, it was started, like I was fine at the one minute mark. And then at around five, I was like, my heart was going crazy. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, calm down, man. This is going to be embarrassing if I'm all high pitched voice and stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Justin, but, uh, why are you sweating so much? Exactly.
0: But by the time he got on, or I mean, when he got on, he just started asking questions and we were like nice and friendly. And uh, so that was good. He didn't like right away be like, pitch me, tell me what's up. You right. Know, so and you good.
1: also, it's, it sounds like you just didn't, jump right into it you had yeah. a little chit chat beforehand so i'm also curious what did you talk about afterward because you said you talked about other stuff or was it about just kind of like your background your writing experience did you ask him about his
0: yeah it was more about what they're doing at the studio so i was curious about stuff and he was telling me some projects they're working on and uh it sounded cool so i was more just on that because they've done some good projects in the past so i was curious and so the first part was more about me and then the end was more about him i guess where I was asking him questions and he was uh, engaged and chatting back and forth a little bit about my interests. And so it was very much like making a friendship almost, you know, like, I guess like people say, like, are you going to want to work together Uh, and getting that feel? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I started off with very much like these points of my life that uh, bring me, make me interested in this, which are also relevant, you know, like I've worked on, uh, Minecraft story mode, I, I went through, my parents were divorced and me and my sister, we kind of separated uh, when we were young. She went to live with my dad and I lived with my mom. So we had this whole separation. And so I tied it all around that, where the story mm. relates to uh, about bringing family together and siblings you know, who are apart and learning to be there for each other again after a long time and all that. So, and I brought in the military part of that too, per my buddy's recommendation about how I kind of found a sense of family in the military and how a lot of this is with action and hardship and also video games and my story relates to video games so a whole bunch of that stuff <laughs> wrapped awesome. into this intro, so that i was able to tie back like when i was doing the introduction i was like just who i am then when i started the pitch i was able to tie all that into what i was actually talking about for the story which was pretty mm-hmm. cool.
1: was he did he have any questions that you weren't expecting i don't think so oh that's cool
0: yeah yeah, nothing that I remember traumatizing me. So I don't I don't think so. Well
1: because I because I have heard of writers who they do their pitch and then there's the questions uh, from the executives afterward that sometimes they'll ask you a question that you're not expecting. And so I guess it depends on the I don't know, the, the mental prep preparedness of the writer, if they're ready to answer that question right away, or if they have to stumble through an answer. And you know, I wonder if that has an impact on how the, how the executive reacts to the pitch overall, like, well, they seem pretty good, but you know, he just didn't really know anything about you know, X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah. No, I wonder what good examples of that would be. Uh, so that I could be ready for them if they pop up next time.
1: Well, well, but it sounds like you've got a really good grasp on your story, so I think that would enable you to adequately answer any questions that they could throw at you. That doesn't sound like anything would really catch you off guard.
0: Yeah, I think as long as you're well, and this so this is based on a novel that I wrote also. Sure. So, like, I already have the novel, and I already have book two uh, outlined, and I have book three and four in like summary phase outline, which just Uh means like a paragraph or two. So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, I was very much ready to talk about it. And I actually had recently read the book to my kids. So it was a little more fresh in my brain. Uh, and of course worked on the screenplay. Um, the hard part was that I kind of took the screenplay and the pitch to different directions where the book had not So I had to like go into my brain and think, okay, which version am I pitching? The book, the one that's that's real, that's on the page right now in the book or the version that I'm adapting to be better as a screenplay?
1: <laughs> wow. So here's, here's the big question. Uh, did he have any idea when they might get back to you? Or is it just kind of a, well, you yeah, know, we'll let you know.
0: Oh, I didn't ask.
1: Uh, he said,
0: great, uh, so have your manager send me this, this, and this. And if you have this and that too. And I said, okay, cool. And he said, you know, I don't remember what he said, but you know, along the lines of, I look forward to reading it, it'll be fun to touch base. But uh, mm-hmm. no, nothing along the lines of like, I'll see you in two weeks or anything.
1: <laughs> oh, well, of course, no. I, yeah. So I guess so. Okay, you said it was about a week ago. So you'll give it what, another week or another two weeks before you ask your manager to do a follow-up. I don't know. What's smart? I was thinking a month because I feel like she's mm-hmm. always
0: super busy. So like right, it might have right. taken her a week to even send it over, um, depending on her schedule. I don't I don't, I'm just guessing. <laughs>
1: no, no, that <laughs> makes, makes sense. Him, like makes two sense. weeks
0: to read it and then not be a pest. So another week to think about remembering to call me or whatever or call her. Uh, so yeah, my, my mind, I'm thinking a month, I don't know if more experienced people are listening to this and thinking I'm an idiot, but seems good to me.
1: No, I would imagine so, because I mean, I, I know a few other clients, uh, of your managers and she is a very busy person. So I think yeah. probably a month might be an ideal thing because it's better to err on the side of more time for them to work with rather than less. So saying, Hey, could you do a follow-up uh, a month later is better than two weeks later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm often on the, well, here's an example though, of being uh, sometimes it's good to follow up, you know, it's like, if you don't get an email from them after they request something and you send it and they should, in my mind, always confirm receipt. So recently I have a producer who's uh, trying to get me on a show and fingers crossed uh, on the staff as writing an episode or something. And so she requested my material and I was like, Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I sent it over. And then like eight days passed. And I'm like, eight days is really kind of too soon. And she's going to think I'm a pest. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to follow up because why not? And then (laughs) lucky, lucky me, uh, she had um, not received the email. She's like, yeah, I've been waiting. What's up? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So I sent it over again. And this time she confirmed receipt. So So I do think sometimes there is the argument to be made for making sure you follow up. In this case, there's a deadline, you know, which is getting on that show. And they need to see the stuff before the deadline's passed. So it makes a little more sense than with you know, creative at a studio whose schedule is probably insane. And there's no real rush for him to read my stuff.
1: Well, there's also, I I mean, this has happened to me and I know it's happened to other writers too, that say a month or a month and a half goes by and you haven't heard anything. So you send a follow-up, say, Hey, just checking in. And sometimes you'll get the response back. Oh my God, thanks for reminding me. It totally slipped my mind. You know, things have been so busy because you have to remember, these are people with lives too, that it's not just about them reading your script. They already have their own stuff that they're working on that, your thing might not be a top priority for them so yeah. don't you know don't take it personally it's just the, that's the way the business is that sometimes your script is pushed to the side so they can focus on these three or five other things that they need to work on so sometimes sending a little reminder you know with a decent uh, cushion of time between not a bad thing
0: yeah you just reminded me that i need to read a buddy's screenplay
1: that i haven't read yet he sent it on uh-huh. recently so that's okay. I've got people who ask to read. Uh, I have uh, friends who who asked to read a scripts of mine, and this was like three months ago. And I'm, I'm tempted to send them a follow-up, say, hey, what do you think? But I figure, you know what? That's what they want to do. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, my, my thought is it's always good to read stuff that friends send me and get back as soon as I can. I just, uh, like, you know, we have lives and um, I my brain is definitely in fog mode lately. So (laughs) yeah, if I, if people, if I've promised to do stuff for you and you're listening right now and you're thinking about that, feel free to follow up with me. I'm here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's my thing. I'll that people will send me a script and I'll put it on my agenda of things that I have to take care of. And sometimes I've, Forget about the agenda. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll even put on social media. Do I owe a script to read to anybody? And sometimes people will be, yes, you you owe. You know, I sent you my script two months ago, and I'll be like, oh my god, thanks for reminding me. I totally forgot. That's or not a right. lot. And so a lot of times, someone will say, uh, no, but I'd love for you to read my stuff, and <laughs> I say, okay, well, if you don't mind waiting two to four weeks to get to hear back from me, sure, go ahead.
0: That's nice of you. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very kind in that way.
1: Well, yeah, I, we we try to give back to the community. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, do you? So, are there any updates or not updates? Um, do you have any other pitch opportunities that are coming up, or is this it for right now?
0: Uh, let me think. I think it's up it for right now. I'm waiting to hear back on the TV show thing, so that might be a cool meeting that I can take. But I've been working on two projects that are cool that are both under NDAs, so I can't talk about them. Okay. They're more on the gaming side hmm. uh, related to that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll have updates in the near future. I think one of those NDAs might be open for me to discuss in about three weeks from now. So hmm. maybe in our next or the one after that recording.
1: Sounds cool. <laughs> Sounds cool. Yeah, that I actually had a nice uh, phone call with this producer. I'm helping develop his micro budget feature that for a while it was this particular story and we kept coming up with the uh, different versions of it. And then unfortunately he got sick with Omicron and he was out of commission for about five weeks and we had to keep postponing getting, he couldn't, he said he had barely had the strength to get out of bed. So he was able to do nothing. So I was just working on my own stuff until I heard back from him. And then we had an, a great phone call earlier this week. And he said, you know, I've really been thinking about this story that I love the concept of it, but. Right now, this one particular aspect, it's just not going to work, which in all honesty was kind of nice for me to hear because Mm -hmm. I was having trouble trying to figure out, I was able to get the story to about the midpoint, but after that, it was just one big question about like, how are we going to pull this off? How are we going to show this? And I could not come up with a viable solution. I was going through so many different scenarios and it was just, I just kept hitting a brick wall and him saying that shattered that wall because I didn't have to worry about the wall anymore. So, yes. so we're sticking with the initial concept, but now we're taking an entirely different approach, which for me and for him are really good because again, micro budget. So we're trying to figure out how could you shoot this as inexpensively as possible? and i think that's going to really help because we were able to drastically cut the number of roles in the story as well as the number of locations and i think he really appreciated that because you know it's his money so he <laughs> wants to help uh, develop the story but he's been really good about feedback and offering suggestions and for us to bounce each other uh, bounce ideas off of each other and i think we're you know we're still working on the story, we're supposed to have another call this weekend about some of the ideas we've each come up with, and we'll see which one of them stick and which one of them have the most potential. But it's a, it's a, what's the word? It's, It's almost a living organism that's constantly evolving, constantly changing. But that's part of the excitement for me, that we're able to come up with this idea and then try to figure out as many possible ways to tell that story. And so that's what I'm looking forward to when we finally settle on what the story is going to be, that I can take that and really run with it. And I've got his permission to just be as creative as possible, but again, as inexpensively as possible. So a little bit of a challenge, but also an exciting one.
0: Yeah. If I could avoid micro budget and small, even super small budget and stuff for uh, forever, I'd be happy with that. (laughs) well see i I don't i don't mind
1: i don't mind that because it's not about the money it's really about the experience because this really is for the most part my first um paying gig and if this is what it has to be i have no complaints yeah well that's what i mean like it's good to do it uh and i don't have any
0: produced microbeds or anything so i i wouldn't be picky if like something good came along um that was you know a real but i've done a few of those and the problem i have done some the problem is that Like a lot of times if the people aren't putting a lot of money into it, it's a lot easier for them to back out is what I've found. And so like I've, I've written some with people and had these either small paychecks or no paychecks, and then it just doesn't happen. Uh, So fingers crossed, of course, I'll knock on wood for yours.
1: Well, I did, I did a little (laughs) research on uh, this guy. And also I was referred to him by another writer who has worked with him before. So he is pretty legitimate and pretty dependable. And he has a several other produced works under his belt. So I'm not too concerned about that, but great again. So it's a great experience.
0: Yeah. And we're supposed to be doing one in the near future. Things are going to, I've I've been told going to happen in March. So I might have more information on something around then too. Fantastic. uh, Yeah. It's fun, huh? Watching our our journey. I hope so. uh, Listeners. (laughs) Fingers crossed on them enjoying it as much as we do. But uh, yeah. Anything else to add for today, Paul?
1: I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of good territory.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, if uh, anybody wants to leave us reviews or reach out and say hi, please do. And uh, once again, you can find my books on Amazon and I'm Justin M. Sloan on Twitter.
1: And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. And I don't really use it that much, but I am on Instagram at PEZ screenwriting. So feel free to follow me on any of those. And I'm pretty good about following back. Okay. And like he said, he's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.